Welcome to Rates and Barrels, episode number 116. It is Friday, July 24th. Happy opening day, part two. Derek Van Rypert, Eno Saris, and Britt Giroli here with you on this Friday. A uh, very busy opening day, part one. We had some huge breaking news come down. Juan Soto tested positive for COVID-19 earlier in the week, and there have been some changes to the protocols for how Major League Baseball might allow some players to return to play, so we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about expanded playoffs. When has this ever happened? The playoff field gets larger on the first day of the season. We'll talk about that. And yesterday when we spoke, the Blue Jays didn't have a home for 2020. Today they do. So three massive stories to talk about. And guys, it was just fun to watch baseball again, even though we only got a partial game from the Yankees and Nats, even though Dodgers and Giants was kind of a trash game in the late innings, things really unraveled. I was just happy to have a little shred of normalcy on a day in which the news overall actually wasn't that good. So Britt, first, welcome to our show. And uh, I got to ask you, like, what was your day like with the news (laughs) for Soto coming down yesterday? Yeah, um, it was an interesting day because I was kind of excited, guys, kind of like you said, Derek, um, that it was maybe going to just be about baseball for a little while. And then it hits. Juan Soto has COVID minutes before the roster comes out. Now, all Mm. of a sudden, what was going to be what I was looking forward to was watching Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole throw in an actual baseball game. I was so busy. I looked up in the fifth inning for the first time and was like, oh, cool. The game's going on. Uh, so that kind of sucked. And anyone who's a reporter has been there, right, where the story of the day isn't actually the story going on, which was unfortunate because I haven't seen live baseball in months. I just wanted to sit there and relax and enjoy watching Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. And that just didn't really happen, which is so 2020, right? Yeah, that was that was unfortunate. <laughs> I was really enjoying that game. I was able to not be tied into the story as much. I was actually watching Scherzer, and I thought he was better than the final line indicated. Garrett Cole pitched really well in his Yankee debut. I think the Scherzer pitch to John Carlos Stanton was a meatball, and Stanton just destroyed it. It's kind of nice to see a healthy John Carlos Stanton again. Uh, but let's talk about this Soto situation in particular, because the positive test happened Tuesday. We found out about it Thursday, and then they rushed him off for a couple more tests on Thursday. Where do things stand right now? Is he still facing a potential multi-week absence, or is there a chance that he's going to be a part of these changing protocols that Ken Rosenthal wrote about on Friday? Yeah, so they're waiting on the antigen test, and they should have those results uh, at some point, hopefully, before the day is over today. But, I mean, they're really trying to make the case that he doesn't have it, and you're just not sure because the rapid tests apparently are less reliable than the tests that they're getting every other day. So, and you know, anyone who's had a COVID test or now that I've been doing all this research on COVID tests, there's so many different kinds. There's so many variables that could go into a false positive or a false negative uh, that now, you know, obviously with Juan Soto, it was a big deal, but you're starting to see that this is going to be a huge thing as well. It's not just going to be about which guys are sick. It's going to be about, are they really sick? Are they sort of sick? Did they get over it? Do they have symptoms? Um, it's just going to be like Ken wrote today, like a living document that continues to evolve. And this is not like a cut and dry matter at all. It's, it's really confusing I don't know about you, but like I, I feel like I double as an infectious disease expert nowadays. Like I just want to watch baseball. <laughs> it's crazy. I was trying to read that Ken Rosenthal piece, and I was just like, 
I kept like asking myself, okay, like he's he's giving me information, and I'm not, uh, you know, disparaging the piece. I'm I'm disparaging this idea that like I I don't think anybody knows the policy, right? I was like, you know, there's like a protocol, and it sounds like maybe the two rapid tests plus a negative from the 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 more uh, the 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 antigen one that you're talking about, maybe that in concert together might be enough for him to come back and he wouldn't have to wait the second day. Um, but, you know, it's surprising me how little I understand <laughs> after having read these things. And I and I tried to look up, like, I, and I hate it too. Um, like, I tried to look up false positive rates uh, for these tests, right? And, uh, like, just before this, I was just reading a bunch of medical uh you know pieces that like i'm like oh what does this term mean and what does this term mean i didn't go to med school i'm doing my best here i found one piece that suggested that the bd test which i don't even know if this is the bd test that they take had like a three percent fall positive rate and me and derek have been making fun of baseball for reporting the test results by saying like oh we performed 10,000 tests and had this many positives it's like a 0.1 positivity rate well you know, there's like a hundred players have had coronavirus. Like it's, it's not 0.1%, you know, it's like, it's more like a hundred players out of, you know, 500 or something. So, um, you know, I, I just, I just wonder like, what have you heard about, have you heard like a false positivity rate? Like, have you heard anyone talk about one? Oh, and like players are so confused because so I was texting a different guy on another team yesterday and he's like, I heard three rapid negatives in a row will get you will get you enough. Then somebody else was like, No, that's not true. It's like hearsay. Um, it's all you know, hearsay. And, and, like they're texting. Yeah, and each then other. I get a text today from guys that are like, Hey, what do you do when you're in when your test results are inconclusive? How is that still happening, oh, guys? Right. So I think that I'm with you. Like I, I watched Grey's Anatomy, and that's about all my medical background. <laughs> we're sports writers yeah. because we're not good at math and science. Um, if I was yeah, good at math right. and science, I'd be making three times the amount of money in another. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. so i'm with you i think we're just all kind of learning here and i just wish there was a little more transparency yeah. by mlb because i think that would maybe help the matter um yeah. you know like why can't the nationals come out and say Juan Soto tested positive but we have two other tests that say it's negative and we're, we're going to continue working with the protocols but we're just not sure right now right why could be this mass right. panic as you guys saw on twitter over Juan Soto has covid when we're not even sure if he does right and, 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 and like, I, that's why I brought up the 3% number. Like, if you're talking about actually administering 10,000 tests, like, if you're constantly administering tests to these players, 3% is, like, a very large number. You know, 3% may not sound, oh, 90% likely. Okay, you probably have COVID. Well, not if you've been tested, like, 100 times in the last week. You know? <laughs> so uh, the, the amount of testing actually kind of works against them. I, I do actually wish that some of it was more written down. I wish that they kind of said something like what you said about like three rapids in a row is 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 equal to you know whatever. But um, I wonder also if there's like a liability concern that like if they write this stuff down, they could get sued later. Um, or but they they did sign a waiver. Did they sign? Did the, the players all that sign that? They signed that waiver, right? So they're not. No one's going to sue baseball for getting COVID. Um, so I think they should really just uh, they should be more upfront about it and. Like what? Like what is it like on the Nationals? Is, is there like a little bit of like I mean, McCarthyism or like, oh my God, you know, I I, I might have touched him. Like, are people like texting me like, ah, Juan gave me if he gave me Corona, I'm gonna be so angry. <laughs> 
there's a little of that. And certainly, like, I texted a guy on the Yankees to make sure it wasn't, like, the Yankees as well. Like, oh, God, these guys are taking the field. What if we get it? Yeah, um, right. and, You know, I think the players, uh, at least on the Yankee side, didn't get any rapid tests in response to it. Um, there hasn't been anything like that. Oh. But what if you're an Oriole and you're like, hey, I, I, I saw Juan Soto on Tuesday, which was the test that ended up right. coming back positive. So um, I think there's just like this wide range and wide spectrum of emotions and no one's even sure like what is right and what is wrong. And you know, you're sitting there mm. in the press box yesterday and, you know, I had a, a family member um, of one of the players say, hey, are you guys getting tested? Like, no, we're not. Isn't that scary too? You know, like <laughs> we're tier three. They don't care about us. <laughs> You're getting close to everyone. And it's like, gee, I hope nobody has it. I mean, it was boring last right. night. They couldn't shut the press box windows. It was raining into the press box because of COVID. Oh man. So it, it was just crazy. It's like lightning, like thundering, and it's raining into the press box. And it's like, this is 2020. You can't shut the windows because we wouldn't be allowed there. Well, here's my thing too, like What's the point of even going to the park? Like, I don't I don't actually get it. I haven't been. Uh, and I don't know if that speaks poorly on me as a writer or as a journalist or whatever. But, like, once I figured out that I've got all the Zooms, like, and they're not going to... There's no, like, I'm going to catch Farhan in the, in the hallway, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not even allowed to touch Farhan. I'm not allowed to get anywhere close to Farhan. Do you just... You basically just go to the ballpark, not see anybody, and arrive at your desk, right? Basically. Right. And the problem is, and like you guys see, I'm wearing like, these are like blue blocker glasses. I had my mask on yesterday and they were fogging up because I was breathing into the mask and my glasses were fogging up. I'm like, why am I even here? It's my yeah. first day. I missed this all of So uncomfortable. Day. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I could sit in the AC in my own home without a mask on, be safer and right. be more comfortable and do this. I agree with you. If there was even a chance we could get, we can't even get near the PR staff because they're near the players. You yeah. can't even hear someone who's possibly near the tier one individuals. I have never felt like lesser of a human being. We're like tier 12, you know, like <laughs> the mascots can be on the field. Um, what are you even doing here? <laughs> exactly. It's, like, it's just a weird, weird. And the Zooms are depressing too. Oh, I haven't been able to. I, I've, I've, I've asked like two questions. Just I'm just like, this is so weird. I hate this. <laughs> Scherzer was angry yesterday. Doolittle looked like he was going to cry. Even Davey Martinez, who's like super positive, was down. It was just like, a, it was just like this is twenty twenty baseball. Yeah, and and then there's like there is a fair amount of like unmute yourself. We can't hear. We can't <laughs> unmute yourself. <laughs> they're still going on. The person who doesn't know they're on camera is like eating and drinking. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always one. And then like on top of all this, we had more news this morning. The Braves just had both of their catchers, Travis Darno and Tyler Flowers, go on the yeah. IL. This is going to be baseball in 2020. We're going to wake up most days, at least at the beginning of the season. Like Eno and I have talked about this before. As players begin traveling away from their home parks and just mingling with a few more people, we're going to have at least this second wave of positive tests. Hopefully it's smaller than the first wave, but it's inevitable with players moving around. No matter how diligent teams are, no matter how committed players are to each other and to the people around them to not go out to restaurants, not to go to bars, to not do the things they would ordinarily do on off days or even after games, this is going to be our normal this year. And part of that sucks, but still, those little glimmers of hope Things like that Stanton home run, those things kind of pull us back to reality just for even a split second until the next bad news item comes trickling in. 
Yeah, I, the one thing that struck me about the Braves thing was like, of course, uh, they're now playing their third string catcher because, of course, the catchers work together, you know. And that's what I was thinking about, like, uh, and I don't know if, if Britt, you know any more about this, but like, do they are they trying to like separate rotation guys? Like, you, like Max can't talk to Corbin or whatever because like you wouldn't want your whole rotation to go down, you know. You wouldn't want. Uh, you wouldn't really want your ca- your whole catchers going down. They just called up Wilson Contreras, who's like you know eighteen or something. Uh, you know he's going to get thrown into to action here. So I wonder how much of the protocols they have in place for like who works out when is like we need to keep these guys separate so that we don't lose the entire rotation on one day. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard anything about that. No, but that's a great point. I mean, and yeah, you saw it in Atlanta. And the kicker is that neither of those guys tested positive for COVID, right? They're still trying to figure out exactly what happened, but they have COVID symptoms. So it's kind mm. of like a Juan situation with Soto as well. It's like, are they the sick? Reverse. Yeah, are they not sick? Like mm. the Braves have, have been hit like really arguably harder than most teams, right? Because they had Freddie Freeman who, you know, that scary quote where he said, you know, I, I prayed, please don't take me now. Uh, <laughs> it's jarring. Uh, Nick Markakis, who opted out after seeing what happened to Freddie Freeman. He called him that night, you know, and was like, I'm out. I'm out. This sounds terrible. <laughs> you wonder if Freddie made a few more calls, would we even be playing baseball, you know? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I do know yesterday I was texting guys during the rain delay because they had a two hour rain delay, which I mean, in my opinion, if we're trying to keep the players away from enclosed space with each other, why are we letting them sit in a two hour rain delay? Right. Shouldn't there be some kind of rule this year? Like after an hour bag it, yeah. uh, you know, there is a little more space on the home side, but guys on the visiting side were like, this doesn't make any sense. That's actually something that people do in stadium design. Uh, they make the visiting clubhouse crappier and tinier and, and, and cramped. And, uh, it's kind of funny how this is playing out now that it's like cramped is like a, the worst word you could bring up right now. Like cramped just shivers down all of our spines. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, inside cramped. <laughs> uh, and and now and I think of like the I don't know if you've been to the uh, the you probably have. You've seen the away uh, clubhouse in Oakland. Uh, the or it really the most obvious is the away clubhouse in San Francisco because the home clubhouse they all have these awesome plush chairs they have like this little stand for their iPads that are like come preloaded like they've got like plug there's like a little like plug thing for they can plug all their stuff and like it's just beautiful I mean it's it's San Francisco State and they're like it's just beautiful and then the visiting <laughs> clubhouse is just like this tiny thing and at one point <laughs> the Giants put a potted plant Plant. There's two. There's two um, uh, couches there. That they barely fit two couches in the visiting clubhouse, and they're they're about three feet away from each other. And at point, one point, they put a potted tree in between the two couches. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't even have a place to put your feet. You had to like sit and then there's like a tree in front of you. <laughs> and I was like, this is some advanced op stuff here. Like, they're really trying to uh, screw with the, the visiting clubhouse. But now like, yeah, two hours uh, looking at a, looking across at, a, at somebody across a potted tree. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like uh, they should bang them earlier. And, the, and they did um, say like, this is just five and we're, and we're calling it a game, which I, like I haven't, that seems like maybe newish. Like, Usually people try to finish the game or like we'll we'll schedule it later there and and I also read that they're not going to do uh game 61 62 and 63 that like th- like once once the 60 games are over they're going to figure out who made the playoffs they're not going to 
they're not going to do any extra games. But that'll be really weird because they're not playing each other. You know, they're not playing. There'll be a lot of people who have never played each other like this year. Like the Angels will not play uh, the Indians this year. And if they're tied for a spot, what are they going to go by? Like, so I want to find out a little bit more about that. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that. It's amazing how much is is being just figured out on the fly. I, I, I I'm kind of throwing my hands up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's it's nuts. I mean, it's very clear, right, with the expanded playoffs that the owners would have played four games if they could just get to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, seems like now it's like, hey, nothing extra. Let's hurry up, cross our fingers before COVID gets worse. Let's just play the playoffs next week. You know, right, let's just right, draw right. names out of the hat. Orioles, you're in. Tigers, you're in. Like throw them all in. <laughs> uh, it just it seems like. They're very clear, like five innings, oh, the game's over. Let's not do another four innings, you know? Um, it's just crazy, right? It's 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 like as soon as they like kind of got some agreement in place, they figured out the money, the rest of it was like, oh, we can just make it up as we go along. And we saw those issues with the testing lab early. It was very apparent that they just kind of threw it all together and kind of said, oh, let's hope for the best. Yeah, there's a motto. I think there's a, an unofficial motto of baseball is, uh, what can you do for me and can you do it for me free? Uh, and I think that that ends up sort of like pervading, you know, like w- when you start thinking about how they make their policy and how things seem slapdash from like a billion dollar, you know, 11 billion dollar uh, organization that this that's wise because they sort of demand too much from all their vendors. You know, that's exactly what happened, right? They demanded too much from this testing vendor. And then they were like, oh, it's all on the vendor. You know, it's their fault. Oh, really? Right. Uh, how much are you paying them? And did you discuss maybe like, you know, did you have some private couriers in place? Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, oh, oh I see. Like, did nobody ever get a package from FedEx? Like, they're closed <laughs> on Sundays, you know? Like, I mean, just like general type of stuff here. Like, you just a simple Google and like, maybe we should use FedEx critical. They don't shut down, you know? Right, yeah. um, it's never their fault. It's always like, oh, no, it was the 4th of July weekend. We didn't anticipate people taking off. Well, everybody takes off for the 4th of July weekend, right? Everyone outside yeah. of sports. Just because we don't get 4th of July doesn't mean it's not a national holiday. Right, right. Yeah, and I was doing some reporting on like on StatCast, and like, there's a little bit of a problem with StatCast and, and with the data. And it turns out that like they have uh, cameras up there, and these are these vaunted cameras. They have a frame rate that's like uh, half of what your iPhone has. And you're just like, guys, this is like a, isn't this like a million dollar rollout of a new technology? Like you're just putting like iPhone fives up there. Like what, what is this? What is the deal? Why didn't you spring for like the real thing? Apparently like Rapsodos, which everyone uses, every team has, they're five times better than the camera that, the, that they're using uh, to, to do, try to do spin rate. So, uh, you know, baseball, man, it's so funny. I love it so much. And it makes me so angry sometimes, too. It's just like, kind of just like, I guess, throw your hands up. But I can't I can't believe that how much of this is just being figured out on the fly. It's amazing to me. I love the game. I just don't love the way it's run. Like, that's been my point of contention for a long time now. Like, if Major League Baseball, if they were going to get together and buy a car, they would buy a base-level Camry. They would buy, like, manual crank windows, <laughs> no air conditioning. It would just be the Camry that no one actually has. Like, it's the base one, so they can say it only costs $22,000, but every Camry actually costs, like, 25000 or more because most people want power windows and air conditioning. But Major League Baseball... They'd take that 22K Camry because that's how they roll. Yeah, the haggling is unreal. I was told that the 
Yankees are charging their own network, Yes Network, which pays, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year for their rights for bottled water this year at the stadium because they're not traveling. <laughs> so it's just like they're charging this company that's paying, you know, 20, 30 million, whatever it is. And they're like, you know what? We're going to have to add that. We're going to have to add those waters to your bills. Oh like, sorry. If, that, if, that, if that's just not MLB 2020, I don't know what is. Oh my God. It's like the Billy Bean, uh, you know, pay for your own, what was it? The, the, in money soda. Ball, you yeah. Have to pay for your own soda. Oh God. And it's so, it's so stupid in the long run. I mean, think about this. There's no minor leagues this year and we, we cut the draft. And so we've got, we basically, you know, we're not investing in, in the young guys and uh, the opposite, you know, would have put it would have been like a really big deal for uh, for an organization let's say the giants or the mariners were like no we're gonna we're gonna pay eight hundred dollars a month uh to our minor leaguers or eight hundred dollars a week instead of four hundred and we're gonna uh we're gonna figure out we're gonna like set up some you know this and that and we're gonna we're gonna like uh you know house all our guys and whatever like just we're gonna go out and beyond i think that would have been a massive uh thing but then there's also this thing in baseball where there's massive peer pressure um to to conform and so like nobody wants to do anything like some people were asking me oh can i hire these angels these furloughed angels coaches because there's a couple that i want to hire can i hire them because they don't have a job right now and the angels basically fired them maybe can i hire them and california law is very obvious on this yes you can hire them there's no non-compete in california like you are allowed to hire those people um, and all Manfred had to do is come out and be like, no, no, you can't hire those people. And it's like, not at all legal. It doesn't matter. And yet this guy who I think is a free thinker is like, well, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be ostracized by my community. Like, I guess I want another job waiting for me when I'm done with this, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Of all the sports, it seems like baseball is still the most backwards when it comes to that stuff, right? They're just the least progressive when it comes to anything like that. Like everyone, as soon as Oakland was the only team that wasn't paying their minor leaguers, the peer pressure was enough, right? That they reversed it. As soon as the Nats announced, and, and I reported that they were going to cheat a hundred, they were going to cut a hundred dollars from these kids making 400 bucks a week, right? Cause the billionaire learner owners need to cut that money. As soon as that got out there and the players, the nationals major league players said, we'll cover the money. All of a sudden they found the extra change under the couch. You know, it just seems like <laughs> baseball is so afraid. And I don't know what that system is, but they're so afraid of kind of stepping out of line more so than any other sport. I kind of feel like this is a generation of players that's going to push the hardest yet. I don't know how far they're going to get or if it's going to be the generation after this generation that finally gets to a point where we look at Major League Baseball as a league that runs more like the NBA. But when the NHL, a sport that's had, I think, three lockouts during our lifetime, can renegotiate a CBA before it expires during a pandemic, MLB can do more. Like that That's a pretty good indicator. Like A sport that's had some major labor problems could figure it out and major league baseball as we know at the end of next season probably going to have some big issues to address and it's going to get ugly but we should talk about expanded playoffs for a moment because Britt you covered the nationals last year and if it were a 60 game season they would not have been a playoff team even if 16 teams got in they were 27 and 33 through 60 games so they still would have missed and this is a weird year because I think there are probably only about five teams that can't make the playoffs. I mean, the Orioles, the Giants, the Tigers, 
probably the Marlins. Throw the Pirates in that group, I think, too. So five five teams or so that can't make it. Everybody else, I think, has at least a shot. So what do you make of the makeup of a, a 60-game season with 16 yeah. teams getting into the postseason? I mean, it's just like kind of like a shrug, right? Like any team could put together a good month. You kind of see it all the time when we get to July, those teams that are like on the fringe and we're like, oh, are they buyers? Are they sellers? I think it was the Giants last year, right? Who were going to kind of go for it. And then they just basically dropped off the cliff. Um, And now you just don't have that time to assess it all. So everyone that's close is going to go for it because like, what the hell, right? You have 60 games. Who knows? Um, I just think it's going to be chaos. I think a game like last night where the Nationals lose and we're all like, oh, well, they're just trying to get it over with, that counts like more than double what it would in the normal. It's like the almost the equivalent losing one game to a series sweep. I mean, it's just crazy when you actually think about it like that. Um, so it really is anything can happen, which from a baseball standpoint, I kind of like, right? It's kind of exciting. We're already thrust into a pennant race more or less. But right. um, then you kind of wonder too, like, it, are the if the White Sox win it all this year, does it? Will anyone believe they were the rightful best team in 2020? Like, how, how, I don't know. I don't really know how to how to value that. I don't know what you guys think about that, but it's just it's always going to seem a little weird to me. Well, I, you know, one thing that I that balances that that for me is that like I think we're all going to really remember 2020. <laughs> I think it's like pretty safe to say that this will be like a year that sticks out and there'll be all sorts of different things. Like uh, there'll be records for um, like my mom who runs a a bed and breakfast in Arizona. She just said like, we just had a record June, um, which is just uh, weird. (laughs) Uh, First of all, wait, they had record people visiting. Yes. What? Arizona y'all record June. Um, And uh, that, you know, and there'll be there'll be records like that where it's like uh, biggest year over year increase or like month over month increase in sales or whatever. You know, stuff like that. There'll be all sorts of weird things that happen that you'll see the 2020 on and be like, ah, okay, I get it. You know, and I, I think uh, if somebody says like, oh, you know, the Padres haven't won since 2020, you used to be like, well, they really haven't won. We're all gonna do that mental. We're all gonna do that. I mean, no matter who it is, we're all gonna do that mental uh, math where it's like, oh yeah, I remember 2020. Um, but at the same time, like I was talking to, uh, an executive who was like, you know, I'm on the yellow seat right now. You know, if I was on a red seat right now and one of our players got COVID and this happened, this happened, we didn't make the playoffs this year. I think I'd be fired. Like, I think ownership doesn't care. Like, I think it's results on the field. So some extent, like, that's why I think you're right too. Like people will go for it and people will want to win. Um, and the and the results do count, uh, but there is also a tension between how many regular season games you play and how much people will care about the playoffs. I think something happens in basketball. I'm a basketball fan, and when I watch basketball, there is a, a certain aspect where I'm like, uh, it's a regular season game, unless it's like two really good teams or a team I really follow. Uh, I might not be that into it uh, because I know there's like a month and a half of playoffs. Basketball has the longest playoffs. They have they have 16 teams make it out of 30 or something. And you're just like, this is ridiculous. This is a bad team. Why am I watching this team? And I, I hope that doesn't happen in baseball where like you're like, no, this is just a bad team. This is a bad first-round matchup. Maybe the Pirates can make it. And the first-round matchup is like Pirates versus Braves or something. And it's like a three-game sweep. And people are like, why did we do that? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how I feel sometimes about the NHL, too, is like the, the playoffs go on so long. It's like I don't really watch that much regular season. And also, it's but it is way more exciting playoff hockey. So I hope maybe with baseball, I don't know, it'll, it'll be like that because you'll have some maybe unusual matchups. I don't know. I mean, maybe it becomes like the NCAA tournament, right? Where all of a sudden you've got like a the Pirates make a run out of nowhere. And it's like, dude, they shouldn't even have been in it. You know, there's just like some like St. John community college that stumbled into the whole thing and um, <laughs> maybe it'll be more exciting that way i don't know the issue i have too you know is that you you don't ever get to know teams this year because we yeah. don't have the access the human interest stories go away and a story like the nats last year do you just don't really get to experience right you don't get yeah. to talk to gerardo para about some of the weird dancing on the dugout he's doing yeah. and some of the fun stuff i think we're all gonna you're gonna miss the human element this year a lot because we can't physically be anywhere to bring those stories yeah that is going to make the the cinderella story especially a lot less exciting the coverage will be a lot different i'm thinking back to when they added the second wild card and initially i took an old man approach which was strange because that was a few years ago and i'm not even that old now but i was mad about it i hated it i, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever and I love it now. Like it was one of those things. Like once they did it, once I saw it play out, the excitement of the wild card game, and I root for a team that lost a wild card game last year. It, it actually made up for what I thought was a mistake in adding that extra team. I think in a shortened season, it actually validates the league winner more to include everybody because there are going to be some good teams that were going to miss the cut in a sixty-game sample just because of variance. And I think this reduces that a little bit. I think it gets more of the right teams in the playoff field with there being a longer path to the title once you get to the postseason. In a weird way, I feel like it makes this odd season better and actually validates the champion a little bit more. Here, here's a question for both of you, though. What is the... I, I actually think that we... Ha, like, baseball has, I think, probably the fewest playoff teams before this year. So just, you know, in the past has the fewest playoff teams with as a percentage of overall teams you know like the 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 162 games actually means a lot because we we only have the two wild cards and that's it it's very different from basketball for example that i said 16 out of 30 make it uh what what's hockey uh hockey's right around right under uh basketball too 16 teams get in so i think that's actually maybe too much i i mean if half the teams our playoff teams, I'm like, that. I don't know. It's just, it's too much. But I think the baseball was too little. Do you guys have, like, let's say not this year. Let's say next year, 162 games. What's your ideal amount of, of playoff teams? I think 10. I think, I also think you should dissolve all the divisions, though. And and Buck Showalter, when I was covering him, the Orioles had, like, a great idea about how you just go American League, National League, mm-hmm. and you take the top teams out of each league. And you don't deal so much with like, oh, there's nobody good in the central. Oh, the East is stacked. That third team is missing. Um, you make it a little more fair. You go AL, NL, and then you just take the top two teams, the top five teams out of each of those leagues. Um, and I think 10, you know, it's about a third of the league. And I think that's probably a little bit better than, yeah, like, you know, these half scenarios, right? Where it's like, this team isn't very good, but they're going to make it anyway. Um, I think that to, that to me probably makes the most sense, um, you know, covering the American League East for as long as I did. It was always Red Sox, Yankees. 
if you were a good team and you were in third place, like good luck because the other wild card teams just had easier schedules, right? We've seen, you know, for all those years where the Indians just absolutely cleaned up in the central because no one else was really trying. Um, mm-hmm. Now, of course, the twins are good. Uh, we think the White Sox are really on the up and up. And so it's gotten a little bit better. Um, but I've always thought like, just split it. AL, NL, uh, take the top teams from each, keep the travel like kind of geographic with each, um, you know, let them play at least once in normal times across leagues, play every team. So it's a little more, those are the balanced schedules, right? People complain all the time about those schedules uh, and and then be done. But think about that in context with what you were talking about with like developing narrative. There is something about playing a team over and over again where you kind of you you develop that rivalry like you kind of you can actually sort of make a rivalry happen just by having these teams play over and over again you know uh you have the astros play the athletics enough it doesn't matter the astros used to be in the nl now they start to hate each other and there's like an actual rivalry there but i do agree that like there is uh, some tension there because like the the you know the american league west used to be pretty bad and uh i think the rangers made the playoffs one year with like a 500 record uh, just because the the American League West was so bad, so I, I don't really necessarily want that to happen either. Because then then it devalues the playoffs too. Because then you know whoever plays the Rangers is like, oh sweet. <laughs> um, so I, I I do like that. That's sort of basketball, right? Basketball kind of just lines everybody up, and you know you're just fighting for a number in there. Yeah, I think I'm sitting more at like 12 playoff teams. I think six from each league makes a lot of sense. I'd probably go to two divisions, East and West. Division winners each get a spot, and the next four best records get spots. That way, if there is some sort of imbalance between the two divisions, it's covered. But something more open than what they have right now, I think, is a better long-term solution. I think with Universal DH almost certainly here to stay, I think we could theoretically throw out the ALNL thing completely and have a more balanced schedule. But... I think what you're going to have is a lot of pushback just from the basic, like legit old school rivalries. I think you're going to want to see uh, different things like Cubs, Cardinals, Cubs, and... Cubs, Cardinals. You're going to want to see those a little more, even if you do dial down that number just a little bit. Maybe two series at home, two and away, instead of I think it's three of each right now, right? So you dial that back a little bit. Maybe you play other teams from the other league a little more often or something like that to kind of balance it out. But there are definitely some simple things that could be done to make it better. Um, so I'll accept the 16 teams for this year, but I hope it comes back That's down. A little I, bit I expect much, it to come back down. It is a little much. It is a little bit too much like hockey and a little too much like basketball at this point. Uh, we should talk about the Blue Jays for a moment. Yesterday, they did not have a home. Today, they kind of have a home. They will be able to move into the park in Buffalo at some point, maybe next week, maybe in the first or second week of August, based on the report I saw earlier today from Caitlin McGrath. Uh, One of the concerns with Buffalo is actually the lighting. It's not major league quality lighting, which I imagine would impact guys hitting on the field, and it's going to change the way we watch the game or watching it on TV. But I never thought we'd see a day where a team did not have a home when the season actually started. This is amazing that this actually played out like this. Uh, what's your thought just from a coverage standpoint? I mean, this year's already different enough, so it's not like as someone who covers a team, you're relocating in, in a completely different city for half the games. But how does that just change the routine, having a completely different environment like that? Yeah, I, I was actually talking to Caitlin this morning uh, before the news came out, and it's like, you know, she's in Canada trying to figure out where the hell the team's going to be and how she's going to attempt to cover it. And 
it's kind of another case like Eno was saying before of like they're just building the plane as they fly it, right? It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> no, don't worry. It's like, meanwhile, the Blue Jays are like, emergency landing. We've got nowhere to play. Uh, you know, like, I do wonder sometimes, and this is maybe the cynic in me, but like, if the Yankees didn't have a home, how big of a deal would it have been? It would have been 10 oh, times the right. right? Like, if the Red Sox got screwed the way the A's did with all the canceled the practices, season would be, the season would be on hold. Would be over, right? The so season I think would be at least on hold. It'd be like, wait. Wait, we need the Yankees to have a home. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. Wait, Aaron Judge didn't get up at bats in summer camp, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do think it always depends on who the team is, for better or worse. It's like, oh, the Blue Jays are fine. The lighting sucks, but they're the Blue Jays. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know? Like, I do feel like it always has that element of, like, oh, they can play at the Nats next week and be the home team, like, even though they're in a cramped visiting clubhouse, like we just talked about. It's yeah. like the other states said no, and I don't blame them. Like, bringing one baseball team on has been kind of enough of an issue. Like in DC, they had to change all these quarantine rules and give the Nats a waiver. Um, what is the advantage of doing that for another team? You and know, for Pennsylvania it would have been three teams, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's just more traffic, more people coming in and out of your state, more, more chances for a hot spot. But um, one of the things it is interesting, like if you watch a minor league game, like I, I, I'm up two minds a little bit of on the on the lighting thing. If you watch a minor league game on TV, it's like immediately obvious. You know, like the lighting is just totally different. It just looks less professional. It's a big part of why you're like, oh, it's a minor league team. Like you could have a minor league game up and I could walk in the room and be like, oh, you're watching the minor leagues? <laughs> you know? So, uh, but on the other hand, like, couldn't you just like get some lighting in there? Like, get, you know, there's mobile lighting people that, you know, there's like lighting contractors. You have, you like they are on the road to start. So you have like a week couldn't you guys just like build more lighting and like get in there? Uh, so they're, they're Major League Baseball. They can't get stadium quality lights in a hurry. Like if anyone can do it. They're not some high school that doesn't <laughs> yeah, right. have the money for it. Don't tell them to not use FedEx because they don't deliver on Sundays. Right. <laughs> but don't they too in those minor league stadiums have? Aren't they missing that third deck? Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is a big deal in spring training. Guys talk about in the outfield how tracking balls is different because the ball carries different because you don't have that deck. So I'm wondering beyond the lighting, um, how much of an adjustment it's going to be for the guys in the outfield trying to play balls off the bat. Because when you talk to guys who come up from the minor leagues, it's something they mention a lot. Um, They don't have time to get lights. They're not going to have time to build another deck. There's no fans. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? You know, but that's really interesting, too, because they won't have – they might have stack cast. They might have a track man in there. So they might be able to kind of just uh, finagle that in. Although I don't think TrackMan and MLB are on good terms. I mean, we know this because TrackMan did not um, submit a bid uh, for the Hawkeye job. So uh, maybe TrackMan says we can't help you or whatever. We'll, we'll see. There may not be a lot of data that out of coming out of Buffalo that helps us understand what's going on there. So we may just see weird results. We may see weird fly balls drop. Um, and, uh, on top of that, uh, apparently Buffalo is like near a body. I think it's near the water. I, I don't know exactly where the stadium is, but there is, <laughs> it's close. Yeah. There's, there's like, uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not saying Buffalo city. I'm saying the actual <laughs> oh. park. Yes. I understand just, that. Just, Buffalo just wanted to clarify that the water. <laughs> Buffalo is near the water. <laughs> No, but I mean the park. I don't know exactly what the park is in relation to that water, but there is a strong wind uh, in Buffalo that comes off of the that comes off the water. And so, uh, what I've heard is that Buffalo would play as a bandbox 
uh, if you looked at dimensions, but that it plays pretty cold and it plays with that wind coming in. Uh, so if you add that wind coming in without the upper deck, uh, I think you'll definitely see some guys uh, doing curly cues and some weird roots and uh, some balls you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to to fall. And I just wonder also. Uh, it, it is interesting to wonder this on top of like how bad the coronavirus is, like how that's affecting everybody and like how weird the season is. Maybe it won't matter to them. Do you, how much do you think it'll matter to them? I don't know. I think the players are probably glad to get out of Toronto, right? Because it seemed like their restrictions were going to be. Yes super strict and like okay i think they get that it was for health and safety however we all know how players operate and they see all their friends and their buddies able to do stuff and they're meanwhile like locked in like what one player told me was like felt like jail it's like okay it's not jail you guys are getting said some stuff publicly right yes yeah like it's like okay but like i think even the liberties allowed by other teams i think that it was going to kind of lead for some animosity those players were going to feel like okay we're stuck here we can't do even the little things that the other guys can do you know i think it was probably better that they got out of toronto um you know say what you will it's probably alarming that toronto wants nothing to do with us and most countries want nothing to do with americans anywhere near their things right we're playing baseball (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's like it's not safe for you guys but hey go blue jays you know So I think it's good that they got out of there. Um, You know, I know they were talking about sharing in Maryland and then they were going to have to construct like another dugout because the Orioles didn't want them to share clubhouses because now you're dealing with sanitation issues. Yeah, they would have had to build some stuff for sure. Yeah, it just it just seems like a mess. Right. And again, a situation where they negotiated for how long and nobody kind of thought, you know, what? let's check with Canada and see if they're going to be cool with us playing here. Um, It just seemed like. That kind of got dropped by the wayside. Like, oh, you have tons of tests. Do you think Utah can handle it? Yeah, I guess they can. Well, they can't. You know? <laughs> and they did it again with Pennsylvania. They were like, yeah, they're going to be in Pittsburgh. Wait, wait, wait. Pennsylvania's on the line. Oh, oh nope, nope, nope. They're not going to be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh's like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you didn't ask us. Hey, we say no. <laughs> we're the government here. Oh, exactly. my God. <laughs> Buffalo does seem like the complete opposite of Toronto as a place. I mean, you can choke slam your friend through a table in a parking lot and not be cited for assault. So, I mean, like, you can kind of do whatever you want in Buffalo. Uh, but all kidding aside, I mean, I think it's helpful for them to be in a facility that a lot of those players are familiar with. Like that AAA park, that's where players who came through the Jays organization, they played there in the minors. Mm. So it's not completely foreign to them as opposed to you know, a different ballpark. If they had ended up even at Camden Yard, sure, that's in division, but you don't spend nearly as much time there as you do every day being and in also, a AAA city. So I think that adjustment might be a little easier for them being yeah. a park that's within their organization. Yeah. You might have a locker that's not like on the concourse or like, you know, in the men's room. <laughs> also that. They would have stuck them in the men's room probably on yeah. the concourse. Yeah, a, a division rival? Like that's the first place you'd put their clubhouse if they oh, were moving yeah. in. Right? You'd be like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to put your the urinals here. here and, yeah. <laughs> this you, want, you want to get an advantage? Like, yeah, that's what you're going to do. At least they weren't like, hey, let's go build another area down in Miami or like oh, at least yeah. not as desolate as far as cities go, right? It's not a tightly packed city. Right. Not a city that's had a lot of outbreaks. 
um, you know, that does, I think, make it a little better if you're going to travel right now. I mean, would you rather go to Miami or Buffalo? You know, like it's so maybe that helps a little bit too. Every other year in existence, you would have said Miami. <laughs> <laughs> this year, though, Buffalo seems awesome. Buffalo. I think I quarantine Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. The places I would actually travel. You're right. It, yeah. It's completely upside down. <laughs> One thing about uh, Buffalo, too, is uh, with that convenience. And then uh, when we were asking, um, uh, Mark Kerrigan and I wrote a piece this week where we were asking uh, uh, front office execs, like, who who's benefiting from the season? And one of the questions, one of the answers was the Blue Jays because they don't have the pitching for 162. You know, they don't really have that much depth. The the ready guys other than Pearson aren't, aren't, aren't that great. Um, but maybe they have enough pitching for 60. And it's one of those situations, almost like the Brewers teams that you've seen where, like, nobody thinks their rotation's any good. It has, like, Tanner Rourke and Chase Anderson and a bunch of just, like, veteran dudes. But, like, maybe for 60, they, they throw together a good stretch. And, like, hey, how's this for, you know, narrative and, like, a fun narrative that we can all get behind is, like, the team that doesn't have a home uh, you know, wins it all. Like I, you know, with a with a great group of of young kids. Um, you know, so like, hey, let's let's go, let's go, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. If they don't have a tarp with Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. for an ad, they're doing it wrong. Like seriously. And also, can you imagine a playoff game in Buffalo? Just crazy, right? Hey, Wild. The lights may or Wild. may not here, guys. Let's go World Series. <laughs> oh man. I would actually probably have a good time in Buffalo. Like if I if I went there for a regular just triple A game or something and or even like a Bills game, I would probably have fun at a Bills tailgate. Not that I'm one to actually like choke slam my friend through a table, <laughs> but I've seen Bills fans at Lambeau before and like Bills fans are the rowdiest fans I've ever been around for any sport. It's unbelievable. And the craziest thing, and this plays right into exactly what you'd expect. They destroyed their corner of the parking lot. Like it was just trash everywhere, broken tables, broken chairs, like everything you'd expect. I walked back to my car later, past the same parking lot. All of it was cleaned up. They brought a few of their mothers or friends or someone who stayed behind and they literally cleaned up after themselves, which was, I was stunned. I was like, you know what? Respect. Like you guys want to destroy the place. If you're going to clean up afterwards and and like pay for the damages, go nuts. I use that with my kids. (laughs) <laughs> you, you have every right to be a little angry have you guys ever been through a winter in buffalo i mean yeah. i'm from connecticut it's brutal out there i mean as soon as it gets like above 20 you're like let's go sports shirts off mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well before we go what are you guys looking forward to most this weekend i mean just Britt, you were saying last night had it been a less busy news day just taking in scherzer versus cole was something that you were interested in watching as you think about these matchups this weekend uh, what are you most excited to see yeah i just want to watch some baseball you know i just want to watch baseball and maybe kind of forget about everything going on in the world which i think a lot of people want right it's just like i just want everyone to be like oh the most important thing right now is patrick corbin's slider for this inning um just to have a little brief respite because i think we're all aware of everything going on there's no escaping from any of it but um just to watch some of these guys work again and compete again. I think that's really what we've missed because we've acknowledged it's not going to be the same. None, none of it is going to be the same again, except for between the lines, except for, and Davey Martinez mentioned this yesterday, like once the game gets going, the game is the game. Yes, there are no fans, uh, but there haven't been any actual fundamental rule changes to those first nine innings. Okay. We know 
about the terrible extra innings rule, um, some of the additions there. Uh, but the nine innings is baseball, right? The, the bases are still, you know, the same distance away. The pitching mound hasn't been moved. Um, just watching baseball. And, you know, last night kind of watching a little bit of the Dodgers-Giants game while we were at Nats Park during the rain delay, uh, you just get excited again. Uh, just the the crack of the bat, watching these guys work, uh, seeing the, the, the radar gun light, light up to upper 90s already. Yeah. And, and it just it just makes you excited again. And even if it's for a brief moment, that's what I really want again. I'm pretty nerdy, so I'm, I'm a little excited to see uh, which teams are uh, going to push the pitching strategy the weirdest uh, this this uh, this weekend? Uh, you got 15 pitchers. Uh, I want to see which team throws a combined no hitter with 15 pitchers, or like I guess it would be like 10 or something. You know? uh, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping for something weird like that, but uh, that's weird within the game. So it's still it's still the same kind of thing. It's it's uh, it's. Uh, fewer injury and COVID updates and more, uh, who hit a homer updates. I would like to, I would like to see, uh, some erroneous stat cast things even, cause that's just funny. <laughs> I want to see a 900 foot Homer, uh, tweeted out, you know, <laughs> like I just want to, I saw a four foot Homer already. So Bryce Harper hit one of those. So, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely excited, uh, to watch as much baseball as my family will let me. Yeah, it's going to be on constantly. I'm going to find every screen in the house and just have games on constantly. Multiple radios. My phone's going to have a game streaming. It's going to be just uh, obnoxious but amazing at the same time. I think Shohei Otani being a two-way player again now that he's healthy, that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend. His first start comes against the A's on Sunday. But uh, as Britt said, just normalcy, like watching the game and being excited about velo readings and uh, you know, Johnny Cueto's delivery, just the little things that we all love about baseball. I'm it's looking a bog. forward to those. <laughs> Don't be an old man about it. It's awesome. <laughs> Last part of yesterday's game was hearing Scherzer yell. Like he swore oh, after he yeah. gave up that homer to Stanton. And you're like, cool, we're back. Max is swearing. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, just baseball again. I love Max. I love watching him pitch too. Bummed, bummed about the results yesterday. But like I said, I thought he actually looked pretty good. A lot of whiffs actually in that performance, despite... The rough the line was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All in all, more good than bad. The Yankees are good. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, that's that's a tough matchup. Well, Britt, thanks for joining us on the show today. It was great uh, catching up with you and getting your insight on the Juan Soto situation. And just talking about the season ahead. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. It's just nice to talk about baseball and uh, kind of put me in a good mood, I guess, for the weekend. Yeah, it's good to have a fun conversation on Fridays. If you're listening to this show and enjoying it on a platform that allows you to rate and review the podcast, please take a moment to do that. We'd greatly appreciate it. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off a subscription at theathletic.com slash rates and barrels. That gets you Brit's articles on Major League Baseball and the Nats. gets you Eno's articles, all of our baseball coverage league-wide, team-by-team, and the fantasy coverage as well. If you want to hit us up with an email, ratesandbarrels at theathletic.com is the way to do that. On Twitter, she's at Britt underscore Giroli. He's at Eno Saris. I'm at Derek Van Riper. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of Rates and Barrels. We are back with you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>